Hey guys, welcome to the Mac and Matt podcast. This is our first episode, so we're excited. Yes, I'm Matt. I'm Mac. It's been a really long day. I'm really tired. It was pajama day at school, so I didn't have to change when I got out of bed. That's exciting. You would call me a scholar, actually. Oh wow, we, we love that for you. We love a young scholar. Today, we will be talking about two stories, um, one that is um, a conspiracy theory, and one a, about animals, actually, a lot of them. Yeah. The first story is about the Great Emu War of Australia. Please tell me, what have you brought? Um, so, Australia um, has a bunch of crazy animals in it. Right. And this is not about um, a crazy animal, but um, actually an animal everybody knows about, um, oh. has heard about. Um, probably doesn't know a lot about, actually, is the Great Emu War of Australia. So, um, what? when do you think this happened in history, Mark? <laughs> Judging by the face that you made, it l- seems like it's really recent. Like, I'd say early 2000s. <laughs> I wish it was, because that would have been some really funny social media. Um, <laughs> it was in 1932. Oh, which well, is, I was close. Yeah, <laughs> roughly. Okay, so, um... It takes place World War One. Large mm. numbers of Australian Eng- English soldiers were given land by the Australian government to take up farming. First of all, I want to say, why would you ever choose Australia to farm? <laughs> um, the animals, um, the climate, terrible. Why are you so freaking shady? Yeah, um, Australia, um, come at me. Okay. Oh. With the government's promise of money... And wheat prices dropping during the Great Depression, the matters got worse for the farmers. And around November, the matters took a torrential turn. <coughs> oh, goodness. The arrival of emus. How many emus, you say? 20,000 emus. No way! Yeah, 20,000 emus. 20,000 emus. Yeah, that's like a shit ton. Like the Titanic and more. <laughs> Did you actually research how many people were on the Titanic? No. I think it was like 2,000. <laughs> so like 10 Titanics. All right. I can't believe you just did that. The emus migrated to their land, finding it as a suitable habitat because of all the food and water and space. Emus fly? They didn't fly. How did you they can... migrate there? Did they, they swim? They ran, idiot. They ran to Australia? No, no. They, they, they started from a different place in Australia. Oh. Like, <laughs> do you think like... Giant herds or like I don't, I don't know flocks of emus traveling across the ocean on like their backs. What is happening? Okay, I'm slow. I'm sorry. Um, the emus ate all the crops and left giant gaps in the fence for tons of rabbits. So not only do you have twenty thousand emus in your rabbit in your town, rabbits mate hella fast. Like <laughs> they mate so fast. Like you ever see Zootopia? Where they're driving by the train leaves, and, like, the rabbit thing keeps going up and up. Never seen Zootopia. I'm not a furry. So there's a settler village that they were trying to farmland out with tons of emus and rabbits everywhere. <laughs> emus so, like, and rabbits. Yes. It's like a zoo Didn't that around there. the food chain? This ain't science, okay? <laughs> okay. So the ex-army men um, that settled there um, went to the government and asked for... What? They did not ask for food. They did not ask for new land. They asked for machine guns. You have that right. No, they did not. Machine guns. Grown old men chasing around emus 
and rabbits. No. Who are in the who are ex army people with machine guns. I'm just imagining in like, Australia. Somebody like fucking Popeye just like running around with a machine gun, shooting a bunch of emus and rabbits that are on their land. Like Oi <laughs> The stereo- the stereotypes of Australia are like really big in this one. <laughs> So the guns were transported to the farmers with crops, food, and ammunition. The settlers convinced them by saying the emus were excellent target practice. Oh my god. Um, And towards the end- Like towards people? No. Like the emus were excellent target practice to shoot people. Because that's kind of everything. Anyways, keep going. Yeah, that's kind of everything, actually. (laughs) And then towards the end, a cinematographer um, came along. So yeah, there were um, pictures of this bitch. People with- Guns chasing emus. I don't believe that. These are ye old memes quality. Ye, shut the hell up. Okay, so the war. Military involvement was due to begin late October 1932, but it was delayed because of rainfall into November 3rd. (laughs) It was so hot after the rain, the army ordered to get 100 emu skins and to make feather hats out of them for sale. So there, so there's now, ex-army men chasing emus around with giant feather hats on their head and machine guns. So, <laughs> this is what I imagine like a lucid dream to be like. A fever dream? No, a lucid dream. Because that's something I would make. <laughs> on November third, the army men went to, um, to a, to Campion, which is a place in Australia where 50 emus were sighted. The emus were out of range for the guns, so they had to herd all the emus into a closer zone. Even though the men tried, the emus split into small groups. Out of 50 emus counted, only 12 were killed. Honestly, go emus. Like, <laughs> Bruh. like they're out of there. On November 4th, they had organized an ambush near a local dam where more than 1,000 emus responded. No absolutely not there's okay so there's so there's how do they know how many emus were there because there's there's a lot of water there and they stood up top like stood on top of the dam and counted them because they're like counted every single emu okay well it's like an estimate mac okay (laughs) i am not able to go back in time and figure out okay you know this is like (laughs) i'm just trying okay the guns again jammed Oh. Only after ten birds being shot. It's the, in the emu gods. Out of the one thousand emus, only ten birds were shot. The remainder of the birds scattered before any more could be shot. After Wild. these attacks, the birds got intelligent. What, what's that? What's that movie with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Terminator. Yeah, this is like Terminator. But it's emus getting intelligent. Oh my god! The settlers reported that each pack seemed to have its own leader now. A black plumed bird, which stands fully six feet high and keeps watch while his mates carry out their work of destruction and warns them of the army's approach. I... No, okay, but the crazy thing is, that's that's a real quote. That's like, somebody actually said that. Well, somebody also actually said that meatballs were falling from the sky. That doesn't make it true. And Fergie actually sing that national anthem. (gasps) Okay, little late. (laughs) At one stage, one army man attacked a machine, attached a machine gun to a truck and tried driving around shooting the birds. 
It was not successful for some reason. <laughs> it was not. At this point, you have lookout birds, trucks with guns on them, giant packs of emus running everywhere and still ruining the crops. <laughs> They're still ruining the crops. On the eighth day, 2,500 rounds of ammo have been shot. Guess how many birds were killed? Probably like no more than 200. 50 birds. Australia has a real emu problem. Emus oh. are smarter and better at warfare than don't humans. Don't they like eat their babies though? Oh. Um. Like, at least we don't eat their babies. Okay. Eat their babies? I mean, I, people have eat emu eggs by saying at least we don't eat our babies. That'd be okay. crazy. A little. I mean, Just some people too. Okay, we're not good at After the military left, the emus continued to attack. They were um. relentless. Like, <laughs> they would not stop coming. Oh my gosh. They went hungry and were in a drought because of all the water the emus drank. Oh. So the military came back in again. This is their second attempt. This is like taking a test and then failing it again. Um. Taking to the field on 13th of November, 1932, the military found a degree of success over the first two days with approximately 40 emus killed. That's just in one day. Like, they improved so much. They, like, almost made their total in one day. Yeah. Imagine that. So maybe they're not failing. I guess they're not failing. The third day, November 15th, provided to be far less successful. (laughs) But by December 2nd... How many people have been killed? None. No people have been killed. People, not from the emus, people are dying of hunger and drought. Right, right. But, like, how many people have been killed by emus? I honestly don't know. (laughs) December, the soldiers were killing approximately 100 emus per week. As a, like, what are you, a vegetarian? (laughs) Does make you shed a tear inside? When they call PETA. (laughs) A report claimed... 986 kills with 9,860 rounds at a rate of exactly 10 rounds per confirmed kill. 2,500 wounded birds had died as a result of their injuries that they had sustained. How many birds? 2,500. Out of the 20,000, only 2,500. that's still not a lot. That's like a dent, I don't know what that is in percentage, but like, you know, I don't have time for that. (laughs) Me neither. Despite the problems encouraged with the coal, the farmers... Oh, that's... The, a coal is what a, like, giant group of emus are called, by the way. The farmers of the region once again requested military assistance and only to be turned down by the government. Ooh. Instead, the bounty system had been investigated in 1923 was continued. And this proved to be effective. 57,034 bounties of emu like bodies were claimed over a six month period in 1934 by december 1932 the word of the emu war has spread oh. that sounds like a book title the, the word, word of, of the, the emu war they send oh like God. secret messages like the emus like, like to, by like, carrier pigeon but it's emus just <laughs> running carrier. around they they're really fast so honestly um i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> reaching the united kingdom some conservationists there protested the cull as an extermination of the rare emu. First of all, emus are not rare if there are that many. I mean, if you think about it, though, there's like 7 billion people on Earth, and there's only 20,000 emus. True. But there's only like four pandas on Earth. Okay, and that is the story of the emu war.
Okay, so let's talk about that. <laughs> Long story short, 20,000 emus migrated to a new colony in Australia. Yes. And those emus... Destroyed, destroyed them. them. Completely, like, decimated them. So, like, drought and, like, famine. famine and bit. Oh, my, oh my God. God. The plague. I'm just joking. Not the plague. That... It, honestly, it was not the plague. No, if there was the plague, um, we would have wiped the emus off um, already. Okay, so okay, cool. um, we are going on to a little segment before Max's story called um, Urban Dictionary Word of the Month. My word is spoopy basket. Everybody knows what spoopy is. Famous Halloween meme. Oh. If you don't know what basket is, stop this podcast right now. Oh, I'm no. I'm telling you to stop. No. Because you should know what the word don't basket stop. means. Please don't stop. Give us views. Give us popularity. Please. A gift basket made in October filled with goodies and other things related to Halloween. The spoopy basket contains candy and movies. It's usually made by a female and given to a male as a gift showing care and intimacy. Oh, wow. If somebody gave me a spooky basket, I'm theirs. Relationship material. Marriage material, I would honestly. say even beyond marriage. Like, God like, material. Like, death material. Oh. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'd kill somebody, but like... You'd no. kill somebody. Okay, Mac, what is your word? My word is pink clouding. Oh, no. <laughs> this, this sounds very bad. Pink clouding means pretending everything is okay to everyone when it really isn't. Oh, wow. I know some people who pink cloud. I just looked at the... No, I just looked at the example and it said a girl jumps to her death. The cop says, I just talked to her yesterday. She was pink clouding and I knew it. Alright, cool. Our next segment, Song of the Month. My, my song is called Novels by Rusty Clanton. Oh my god. It's, a, it's a whole nut, okay? Like, you need to listen to it if you are into that chin, chindy, indie, chill, funky, Chindy, I have like, many chindies. <laughs> get it, Matt. You like is, making is, fun of your own self. Is an actual word? I feel like it might be. Wait. Okay, continue with the song. Like, oh, right. So, it's, like, it. so pretty, and it's all acoustic, pretty much. And uh, my favorite version was when Dodie Clark did um, a duet with Rusty, and it was the most gorgeous thing ever. You could probably find it somewhere on the internet, but I listen to it to fall asleep almost every single night. Matt, what's your song? <laughs> my song is um, Best Friend by Rex Orange County. Mm. Let me tell mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. it is a full-on bop and a half. Why are you pronouncing your T's so strong? Because I have a lisp. But it's a really good song. It's a bop and a half. It has a really good beat. It's fun. Um, and honestly, it's probably one of the better songs I've heard yeah. this year. Yeah. Back to the spooky stories. I love spooky. So this really isn't that spooky. But it's kind of interesting. And I'm going to start it off with a physics lesson. Oh, more <laughs> learning. I know, Yay. right? So... I'm talking about the Philadelphia experiment. I've heard of Philadelphia. I know what experiments are. Don't know what they are together. Probably won't know. <laughs> so before we get into this whole like experiment theory, we have to understand the unified field theory. In physics, a 
um, unified field theory is a type of field theory that allows all that is usually thought of as fundamental forces and elementary particles to be written in terms of a pair of physical and virtual fields. According to the modern discoveries in physics, forces are not transmitted directly between interacting objects, but instead are described by and interrupted by intermediary entities called fields. See, while you said that, um, I feel like I wasn't smart enough to um, receive the information. Okay. And it kind of bounced off my brain, and I kind of blacked out for a bit. All right. Um, I have no memory of that, so um, are you able to explain it? Um, so pretty much, the unified the- field theory um, is a field theory that allows, like, all the fundamental forces, elementary particles, like neutrons, protons, electrons. The avatar. To be written in terms of, like, a pair of physical and virtual fields. So instead of it being like, uh, you know, like a, uh, it's like a, uh, uh, you know? Yes. Yeah. Describing it perfectly. Classically, however, a duality of fields is combined into a single field. For over a century, unified field theory remains an open line of research, and the term was coined by Albert Einstein, who attempted to unify his general theory of relativity with electromagnetism. It might have been coined by Albert Einstein, but did he get his coin? Oh my god. The theory of everything and the grand unified theory are closely related to... The movie, The Theory of Everything? See, I heard. Oh, no. I heard from a birdie. Stop it. It was a bad movie. Stop it. I heard. Stop it. But you know me. I'm a sicker for um, cheesy romantic comedies. And let me tell you, it was not a comedy. It was not funny. It was really sad. Oh, my God. Why would anybody ever make a movie like that? The theory of everything and the grand unified theory are closely related to unified field theory, but differ by not requiring the basis of nature to the, to the, be fields, and often by attempting to explain physical constants of nature. The goal of a unified field theory has to be has led to a great deal of progress for future theoretical physics, and continu- progress continues. So pretty much all it's saying is like, it, it's an open project, and they're discovering things about it that don't normally confine to the laws of nature. Like the ocean. Although UFT (laughs) may concern all types of forces, (laughs) it has to reveal... (laughs) Although UFT... (laughs) I'm being attacked! (laughs) Although UFT may concern all types of forces, it has to reveal the natural principles in connection with quantum field theory, quantum chromodynamics, <laughs> gravitational wave, general relativity, and general symmetric fields, and general asymmetric fields of ontology and cosmology. So pretty much it's just a bunch of big physics words that I don't understand fully, but it makes is, is kind of sense Is cosmology the like the universe, or is it like the makeup? I think it might be the makeup of the because universe. Because d- doesn't a, a school near us has cos- cosmology program, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Wild. So pretty much. <laughs> makeup. No, that's cosmetology. What is cosmetology? Oh, we're done. <laughs> the Philadelphia Experiment, also known as Project Rainbow, Ooh. was theorized to have been a set of experiments to create a way for the U.S. ships to get over to Europe without Nazis detecting them on their radar. Project Rainbow. Sound like they're making the frogs gay. <laughs> Once the Navy heard about the theory, they became interested and sponsored the experiments. Testing began in the summer of 1943, and it was successful to an extent. The USS Eldridge, which was the ship they were testing on, became almost invisible 
and some report seeing a green fog in its place. It's like the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of when reading this. I was like, this sounds... That's crazy. Really similar to the Bermuda it's, Triangle? It's like the Scooby-Doo episode of oh the Bermuda Triangle. Oh my gosh. And it did have a green, green it fog. It did have a green fog. And they, like, couldn't see the ship at all. Jinkies! So, uh, when crew members reappeared, they complained of extreme nausea. And reportedly, some sailors became embedded into the metal structure of the ship. One Ooh. whose hand was attached to the steel hull of the ship. As well as some sailors becoming completely insane afterwards. So you're talking like they tried mess around like teleporting stuff? Pretty much. Like, it's... I don't know if it's teleportation. I think it's just to be undetectable. So it could be teleportation or it could be some kind of like radar mask. But coming it's... from this, it sounds like they were rearranging particles. Because a radar mask would not get somebody's hand stuck in a wall. Fair enough. That's really scary. None of this is proven fact, obviously. Yeah. Later, the experiment was repeated on October 28th, 1943, but it was claimed that the equipment wasn't properly recalibrated. Hmm. Despite that, once they repeated the experiment, the USS Eldridge not only became invisible, but it disappeared entirely in a bright burst of blue tone light. Oh. Which is, like, kind of wild. That's, that's crazy. Like, that's, that's insane. Apparently, the ship had teleported to Norfolk, Virginia. <laughs> Which is over 200 miles away from its original location. Are you serious? Like, yeah, that's that's crazy. So it was reported by sailors and by people. They just saw the ship appear and it was like sailing around. Right. And then it like disappeared and it reappeared. Like what 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 logical thing could that be? Um, there isn't a logical thing like there isn't people were saying the unified field theory they found a way to teleport elementary particles from one section to another which could explain why they refused to the ship's making do you do you know the time from when they disappeared to when they appeared in virginia wasn't a long time that's like it wasn't long enough for them to get up there kind of that's crazy oh no it was definitely not long enough for them to travel 200 miles by ship that's that's Definitely not long enough. That's actually really creepy. You yeah, said, it's a little you, weird. You said it wasn't going to be creepy, but that's like... that's a it, it, It's weird because um, in a future podcast, we'll find out about people behind this um, and also how those people relate to another project in Long Island called the Mal- Montauk Project. And yeah, it's cool. So many versions of... This tale include descriptions of serious side effects for the crew. Oh. More extreme the second time due to teleportation. Some crew members uh, were said to have been physically fused to bulkheads, (laughs) while others suffered from mental disorders, and some rematerialized inside out. Oh, so like their organs were on the outside? Yeah. Which is like really uncomfortable. Does that mean like their eyes could still see out or their eyes could like. I don't think they'd see anything. I think they'd be dead. And others vanished, never seen. Oh. Yeah. It also was claimed that the ship's crew may have been subjected to brainwashing to maintain secrecy of the experiment. (laughs) So one of the people that was claimed to be brainwashed, I'm not going to go too far into it because I don't have it written down, but he, he went through hypnotherapy to get repressed memories after seeing a movie about the Philadelphia experiment. And he had this weird inner feeling and was all like, I relate to this. I need to find out if I have repressed memories. So, like, the recovery of memories isn't always accurate and, like, 
it's not an exact science. So when he got his memories recovered, he found out that his name was not Al Bielik, which is what he thought it was. It was, what was it? Edward Cameron, and he had a brother named Duncan Cameron. Did he not know that he had a brother? He didn't know he had a brother until that. And then he met Duncan, and Duncan confirmed that they both worked on it, and that Duncan... (laughs) This is like a little preview. Duncan had psychic abilities, and that's why they started the Montauk chair experiments like that girl from stranger things with that psychic ability Mm -hmm. it the all of this goes into one singular like thing like conspiracy that has to do Mm -hmm. with supernatural stuff about like psychic abilities and interdimensional portals so it's like stranger things was based off of like mk ultra and also the montauk uh projects uh sidebar here um I think the scariest thing about um, mentioning Stranger Things is that, um, do you guys remember the sexy um, Eleven Halloween costume that they made? Jinkies! So the equipment needed to perform a task like this is beyond technology we even have now. Like aliens. It's like alien technology, which is also why people think it could have been the psychic abilities used to power this Mm. that uh, was used in the Montauk chair project. Or it was aliens that helped out which i mean honest to god like i will be 100 percent honest i don't believe that this happened but see i'm kind of a skeptic um like on this mm. but like i think aliens are real oh i totally my, think my sister had a really scary alien encounter when she's young are you she serious used to come in, yeah before she knew what aliens were she they used to come into her bedroom at night and she would wake my parents up and be like the green men took me last night. Ooh, that's yeah. so creepy. Um, she hasn't slept in her room since, but she's like obviously, um, she's she doesn't live at um home anymore because she's like grown. But um, I had the opportunity to move in that room. I said no, thank you. Even though it's a bigger room than my, I was mine. I was like, I'm not trying to get abducted by any aliens. Honestly, I'd be down. Like, no, cause like, no, just think about it though, like. Seeing beings that are intelligent on another, like, that are from another planet, and they come down, so you have to have something special about you if they want to, like, run tests. Continue with your story, what you're gonna say. That's all it really is. Oh, dang. So it's a mystery. It's like a big old It's a mystery. Nobody knows, um, what happened to the crew, because there's no, like, because, oh, another thing. The ship records don't match up with the records in the conspiracy theory. Oh, so it's like a cover-up. So a lot of people think it's a cover-up of what actually happened, which has happened before. Like, we know it has happened before. See. Like, when the government was torturing people uh, during one of the wars, and they did not want people to find out. See, what it also could be is they didn't want to know that, like, a Russian submarine or something, a different people's submarine, was, like, really close to the u.s or like in virginia so they hit it as like their own experiment like the spooky experiment and let and like put i that's why i think and put clues around to be like to make people think that they're uncovering something that the u.s did Uh but like 
it's it actually wasn't, like, it wasn't, it was, it was like a Russian? different country. That's, I mean, not Russia. Probably not Russia. I'm not trying to come for Russia, honestly. Um, <laughs> Russia, hi, we love you. If you're a Russian viewer, uh, I don't know why you're here, but <laughs> what's good? What's popping? I don't know if you understand this or not, really. Anyways, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that was our podcast. Um, if you have any, our like... Our first episode. Yes, our first episode. Yeah. Um, it went swimmingly, it went smooth. It really um, didn't. Yeah, <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of editing. Um, if you have any, like, feedback for us, that'd be great, actually. Yeah. Tweet us at Mac and Matt PC. Instagram. DM us. Mac and Matt Podcast. Yeah, we don't... On Twitter, we don't want you spelling out podcasts, you know. Twitter wouldn't let me. Oh, really? Not enough. Oh, that sucks. Not enough. You mean too much. Too many characters. You know what? Well, that sucks. Um, my own Instagram is, um, Matthew underscore Labella. Mine is Matt Kreswick, no spaces, M-A-C-C-R-E-S-W-I-C-K. And have a good day. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Peace out.